This episode brought to you by the following patrons. Danielle Damasaurus, Taco Cat, The Number Jeff, Awesome Possum Blossom, Amy, Matthew, William, Brandon, Dave, Scott, Tristan, Kate, Isaac, Ori, Karoon, Eddie, and Nick B. And all the patrons want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. And if you want to hang out with all of us, do so in the Discord server and Facebook group where we talk daily. I don't like films like this where Mexico is just yellow. I feel like you haven't been to Tijuana. I have not been to Tijuana. It's orange. (laughs) (laughs) I did not sleep as a kid because I was on Ritalin. So about 12 years old, 11 or 12, my parents like gave, they, we used to fight all the time about me, like sleep, I could never sleep, I would get upset. Like, I would be like, oh, can I sleep? I want to sleep next to you guys. Or I, 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 I like, scared because I can't go to sleep, blah, 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 blah. About 11 or 12, they're just like, watch TV downstairs and do whatever you want. And just don't wake us up. Ever. Holy shit. All of a sudden, so many things make sense to me. Everything from why Mikey is the way he is to why his parents' marriage fell apart. Like, everything <laughs> makes so much sense to me right now. <laughs> Into Horror Virgin, I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like watching scary movies, but you guys make me watch them. And this week, you guys made me watch Borderland. So have you guys seen Borderland before? No, but our third episode of Cult Podcast ever covered the case that this movie is based on. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. Yeah. So you'll have some interesting fun facts about it, I'm sure. I do. I'll pepper some in along the way. I kept most of them to fun facts at the end where I'll go over the actual case. Awesome. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. So what did you guys think about it when you watched it last night or this morning or whatever you watched it? I would say solid meh. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Mikey, what did you think? I'm going to make a joke, and then you guys can decide if it stays. Okay. I think we should build a wall around this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't think this movie could pay for it, though. (laughs) I was quite literally, like, bored. Knowing the real story behind the movie, I think, allowed me to give it a little more leeway. Because I realized that they were actually adding and changing a lot of things to make it more sure. movie-ish. I mean, you would know. You know the case. but Yeah, I mean, I'll go over it in more detail. But in the case, Mark Kilroy is, is his name, is kidnapped after spring break. So, like, there's a ton of teens. They scoop him off the street. And he's dead within a couple days. And his friends... After trying to go to the police, trying to go to whoever, immediately go back home and are like, hey, American police, American FBI, what's good? Because he is missing. That's what you should do if the police there won't help you. Yeah. And they open a case within like a couple days. It gets on America's Most Wanted. Uh, Geraldo does a thing about it. Really? Okay. Yes. And within two weeks have police at the ranch, but he's long dead. There was no hope of him escaping ever. Sure. And they don't kill anyone else of their friend group, but they had killed dozens of other Mexicans and police and other drug cartel members and had gotten away with it purely because they weren't white. Like, I mean, that's the reality of the case is that like terrible the fact that he was a white guy, they were able to run back to, um, you know, rich American mommies and daddies and and get 
everyone down there to find him, but nobody looked for a lot of the other people. That's so sad. It's a pretty sad case, yeah. And that is very sad, but it sounds like a more realistic thing about the case would have been better, like a documentary about it. There are like six documentaries about it. I think all of those were probably better than this movie. I mean, I mean, they're probably more informational. I think what this movie tried to do is to make it more of like a story where you're kind of rooting for somebody and to give you some sort of hope in it. Because in the actual story, it's like, no, deaded. And yeah. in, in a very painful, terrible way. There is like no hope in the real story. So they like had to build up that section of it to make it more dramatic. Yeah. Well, I mean, more people died trying to rescue the kid in the movie than and if they just let the kid die. Well, if they had let just, I mean, the real story is they let the kid die and they actually kill people after him. But like, Ugh. so people would have died either way. But like, I, there is a point in this movie where s- multiple people are like, hey, go home and call the FBI. They'll come find the white boy. Yeah. And they don't do it, <laughs> which I thought was real strange i was just like why like clear like that i feel like at that point that would have made a better movie but that would have been closer to the truth it probably also would have been more expensive and they could not afford to do that because this was a super low budget movie yes very 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 low budget there weren't many jump scares i'll say that like Mm -hmm. hardly any but it was super tense it was pretty graphic. Like the scenes where they were like just hacking people's limbs off with machetes. Yeah. Was pretty intense to watch. I was like, oh, is Robert Evans the director of this movie? Because <laughs> yeah. he loves yes. machetes and clearly knows how to use one. But I wasn't super scared by it. It's not scary in the traditional sense. I think this is scary for people who are afraid of gore and that gore just doesn't really bother me. Yeah. It doesn't bother me either. And I think they cut away from a lot of the. They probably didn't have the money to do the effects. Right. And at the time. Yeah. You know, some of the harder core stuff had not come out in a while. But I mean, like you had stuff from before, but you haven't had stuff mid 90s, early 2000s. They didn't show a lot of blood and gore until like Hostel and Saw, which are coming out right around the same time as this. I think they're a little before this. Yeah, but not. Yeah, not too much before. This is 2008. No, I think it's like two to four years, maybe. Yeah, and so, I mean, there's precedent. They just don't have the money to do it, I think. Well, and I think these movies are way more graphic than, like, Scream and, like, the 90s horror movies were, right? Mm-hmm. So I do think they ramped that up, although they just didn't have the budget to do it. Like, like there were a few times where I thought you would see the machete go into someone's head, and we never saw that. But I do think if they yeah. had a bigger budget, you would have seen stuff like that. I think so, too. Like, the one shot where Boy Meets World gets stabbed in the shoulder? Yeah. Like, that was pretty, like, ugh, for me. And then... When they show him later, like, being hung, it literally is like a red Sharpie they drew on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So that sort I, of took me out of it, and I, I honestly, I was less scared of it because of that, you know? I do think if they had the money, this would have been gory as fuck. Yeah, and I think it would have made it a more effectively scary movie, at least for people like me. Yeah, I also think... Uh, it's a little interesting that, so this was in 2008, so he was 31 years old playing a 21-year-old character, <laughs> too, which is a little, it's a little strange. And I think I would have rooted for them a bit more if they weren't, like, such gigantic idiots throughout the whole film. Yep, they were straight-up American. You're right, Mikey, yeah. <laughs> One of them's not. They try to paint Eddie as the good guy, and that's why he's the hero at the end. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. Don't do hallucinogenics in another country at a 
carnival where you don't know two of the people with you and you have no ride anywhere. Yeah, well, yeah, and then take a cab and leave. Yeah. You all have to stay together is the key. But if horror movies have shown us anything, doing hallucinogens in a foreign country is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no one ended up in a bear suit, but someone did end up with a goat head. So, I mean, they play out pretty similarly. What yeah, are you yeah, talking yeah. about? That goat gives great head. Oh my god, Mikey. I wrote that joke. <laughs> Could you erase it? <laughs> the only thing I want to know very badly, and I guess you probably will reveal this at the end when you talk about the actual case, because mm-hmm. I'm super interested in the actual case, but I just want to know why Samwise Gamgee was there. <laughs> He's an invention for the movie. Okay. He's not a person in the real case. The real case has... He's based on a person in the real case that is completely different from who he is in the movie, and he's not American. Okay, fair enough. I mean, this movie implies that Sean Astin's character is a serial killer who's hiding out with them. Yeah, which is a cool concept. He's killed at least five people yeah, that we know of. Women, specifically, because he's like an incel before that was a thing. Yeah, and that's not in the original story at all. There is a caretaker that is kind of forced to take care of people before the rituals who is very kind to Mark before he dies but like that guy's trapped there to work for them as well he's not like also involved in the killing or anything like that fair enough well maybe we should just get into it so we can talk about the movie and then get to the true crime case about it for sure let's do it so we open on police knocking to try and serve a warrant in a home in Mexico City yeah they check through the house they don't turn on any of the lights, which I'm just like, guys. So weird. I honestly had to tell myself that the power was just out in that house or in all of yeah. Mexico City because it's ridiculous that you would go about a house that is seemingly empty. We find that it's not, but yeah. and not flip on a light switch. Right. Like, what are you guys doing? Well, and they they walk through, and as they do, we get a, a little, like, Chiron that says, inspired by true events. Yeah. They enter... What we will find out later is basically the sacrifice room, black candles, tarot cards, and a box of dead things, which is strange. That's like the third anniversary gift. (laughs) (laughs) Now I know what I'm getting in Natalie this year. (laughs) Well, it's strange because it's an American's idea of what religious practices the people in the original story were doing. Where it's like tarot cards in English and stuff. And I'm like, no. I did like when he flipped it over and English said fool. I mean, I can't get into it too much because like. It'll derail us. It'll derail us. Yeah. We we did an episode on it for Cult Podcast. Last podcast on the left just did a three-part series on this case. Oh, no shit. Awesome. And they go extensively into the syncretic religion involved, um, which, by the way, the guy, Adolfo Costanzo, the real dude who did all these murders, is a serial killer using a naturalist religion to kind of quote unquote absolve what he's doing where he's like I do this because of this sure but he's not practicing correctly so like he's basically just a serial killer right he's a serial killer with extra steps yeah serial killer with extra steps and a bunch of people that he's convinced to follow him as a cult leader sure so they're looking for something that connects whoever lived in this house to the Vasquez cartel which again is something in the real case because they don't go into it in this movie but the group was getting all of their money to operate the 
ranch and their multiple houses all over Mexico by running drugs for the cartel across the border from Mexico to Texas, often in a plane. They had their own air like field out by the barn and everything or driving. They sort of mentioned it very, very quickly at the end in like a Chiron that someone was found crossing the border saying that he was supposed to be invisible or whatever. That infuriated me. Yeah, well, I mean, they should have shown that. Well, the Chirons at the end, you get like three of them that are accurate information from the true crime case. And then the last one is like Eddie and Valeria. Were like, and you're just like, but that's fake. Like, why are you compiling all these together? What are you doing? So like Eddie and Valeria are not based on real people, you're saying? Not at all. They do not exist in the story at all. Fair enough. Not okay. remotely. I find it hard to believe that uh, this dude's friends didn't just like storm the compound and shoot a bunch of people and then fall <laughs> yeah, over the yeah, Mexican yeah, lady yeah, yeah. who was there in a border <laughs> town. That actually was the only part of the story I found believable. <laughs> So they they flashlight through this house. They find the fireplace where they find a human jaw. Yeah, but by that point, they've split up. So like the main cop that we see later in the movie. Ulysses. Yeah, Ulysses is like down the hall in in a side room where like, I mean, where you would probably have performed the ceremony, right? And then. The other police officer is like in that main room fireplace and he picks up that what we find out is a human jaw. Yeah, he picks up a human jaw and then we cut back to Ulysses in the other room where he finds the altar and the Nganga, which they mention the Nganga in passing throughout this whole movie and nobody stops to explain what it is. And I'm just like, why? Like, it would take like two seconds. I'm pretty sure everyone knows who Uganga is. (laughs) Nganga. N-G-A-N-G-A. So you're going to have to explain it. (laughs) Yeah, it is a cauldron that contains a number of sacred sticks that relate to various, you know, elements of the religion. And then you fill it with sacrifices, dead things, pieces of corpses, etc. Okay. I have a sacred stick. Oh, God, Mikey, no. No, Mikey. No. Do you guys want to anoint it? (laughs) Absolutely not. By the way, it would be blood, ejaculate, and maggots. Uh, Do you have to have the third one? Yes. (laughs) Well, what's going to clean up the other two, Todd? Have you not had a Saturday night lately? Things are supposed to decompose in the Nganga specifically, and it would reek to high heaven, but the more you put into it and the worse it smells, allegedly the more power it gives you. So it's kind of like an evil sourdough starter where it's like (laughs) the more you put into it and the more you feed it, the more powerful you become. Just like relationships. With sourdough starters. You've been fucking that sourdough starter? Well, where do you think you get the rise? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get a yeast infection. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. I love us. Anyway, all I'm saying is in traditional Palomayombe, there's not necessarily a requirement to sacrifice live humans to it. Often it is either animal sacrifices or rituals that add fruit, vegetables, etc. Sure. Or in some very unique cases, uh, they have taken pieces of bodies that are already dead. That then gives you the power of the person who has died. Okay. They do mention at one point, sort of in passing in this movie, that they dug up a body's grave. Or a, yeah, a child. They dug grave. up a child. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I thought, are we going to see that? And and no. And no, we no. don't see that. No, we no, never no. do. Yeah. I think I wanted like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre cult compound type situation. I just We just didn't get it. 
to the level that I wanted. I mean, they do have it. Yeah, I was going to say, it exists, and it exists in the real story. But they Oh, I know, exist. I know. But they don't show it, really. Like, really, the yeah. whole compound is, like, that one main, like, barn where they actually yeah. kill Ryder Strong. And then the barn he was being held in. Like, yeah, there's so much more to that compound that would have been fun to explore, but we don't get any of that. Yeah, I mean, he does fall into one of the mass graves. That's but true. But we yeah. only see it for like a second. Yeah. Anyway, so they're in the house. The the policeman, Ulysses and his partner are in the house. And his partner says, it looks like they moved out in a hurry. They must have known we were coming. And he turns and they're right behind him. Yeah. They immediately beat them badly and start torturing his partner. When he, because the scene sort of ends with... They pistol whip him. Yeah, with uh, the bald guy, who we'll see a lot of later in the movie, pistol whipping Ulysses, right? They get a lot of creepy real estate on that guy's bone structure. They do. do. He was creepy. I'll give him, man. Like, that guy did not have many lines, but did a really good job with what he was asked to do, because I was super creeped out by him. But imagine waking up and just, like, the feeling I would have if, like, I woke up after having been pistol whipped and I heard Mikey like screaming in torture in the next room. Yeah. And then I was being dragged into that uh, room. Just, a musical. Just, <laughs> just how excited I would be to know that Mikey was getting tortured. Oh, I would be geez. so happy about it. I'd be <laughs> laughing and just having a great time with it. You guys heard it here. I just want everyone to know the truth. <laughs> and if they tore Todd's eyes out, he'd have the same prettiness level of his eyes were you trying to say i don't have good eyes mikey no you have bad eyes you have ugly eyes i've always been told that my eyelashes were long and uh they made my eyes very pretty did your stepdad drop your eyes on nails Oh my god, if you guys have not listened to the last two episodes of Romancing the Pod, you are missing what I will call just the most hurtful comedy I've ever been a part of. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, ex-stepdad Mikey. I want to be clear, my current stepdad is awesome. Uh, What I was going to say is, did it bother either of you that everyone in this movie gets pistol whipped at least once? Like, There's like nine pistol whippings in this movie. That's too many. Use a club. I mean, I honestly know why that bald guy's gun didn't work when he was shooting the dick dude from <laughs> in the white boy crew because he's pistol whipping people all the time. He's damaging his weapon. Yeah. You gotta take care of it. You do. It was bonkers. There's a point in this movie later where a guy has what we know is a loaded active shotgun and instead cold cocks a guy three yes! times with the butt of the shotgun instead of just shooting him and it drove me nuts yeah there's so many things i want to talk about when we get to the scenes specifically the pistol whipping and that one scene at the car where the guy was like yeah. i was like this is literally the dumbest thing that you've ever done in your life <laughs> and i'm glad you learned a lesson <laughs> i'm glad you got shot in the neck because you took a crowbar to someone's headlight that you don't know in a foreign country you idiot who might be in the cartel and is following you, and I'm sorry. I would go away. I would just left left. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, if the true crime story that Paige told us at the beginning is any indication, that's what you should have done. Yeah. Yes. That's how they stopped this guy. <laughs> yeah. So, Mikey, I applaud your initiative to get it done by running away. But largely, <laughs> that's what you needed to do. <laughs> like, Todd, if I got kidnapped... By a cartel that's cannibalistic and murders a bunch of people, I'd be like, Todd's not coming. And if Todd did come, it ain't going to help. Yeah. Well, that's like, it's like with the ruins where it's like, wait till the Greeks get here. And I was like, 
To do what? Yeah. To stand around? Like, like, what would you and Todd do to come rescue me? Like, Go to the FBI. Yeah, I would go home and call the FBI, I guess. I would have probably called the FBI from Mexico. I honestly yeah. don't know how I would have gone about calling the FBI. I, I don't know. Is it just 1-800-FBI? Or did you just pick up your phone and say... I'm going to kill the president or something like that. Pass me through <laughs> to the FBI. They have a number. They also have local offices with local numbers. Yeah. So you could have called like the closest FBI. All I right. Think. So maybe that's a better approach than threatening someone's life. I'm probably going to cut that because I don't want to be on a list. <laughs> I think you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. You would say that because you want me on that list. You're already on the list. You would know, Mikey. I would know. It's your list. I put you on that list. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So, I mean, that's the right call. But like you should not try and like rescue your friend guns a blazing on a carteled cult compound yeah. now i will say if like a some mexican police officers were like you want to join us in rescuing your friend with a bunch of weapons nope i'd be more tempted nope <laughs> oh mikey that's a terrible idea that's a yeah, terrible idea a because terrible idea. as we find out they're in on it. yeah that's like a high stakes Westworld. like you don't want to do that but if i was gonna die like it's on brand that's true honestly yeah that's fair yeah i mean <laughs> I could see that. Like, hey, how did Mikey die? He used to have this mediocre podcast. Did you not hear? Oh, my God. Uh, he was involved in a Mexican standoff, and he got shot. That's not, that's not, you don't even sell it right. Oh, one of his friends while they were in Mexico got kidnapped by a cannibalistic cult cartel thing. He teamed up with the Mexican police. They stormed the compound, guns ablazing. 30 people died. So did he, but it, I can't believe it. I'll admit, that's a better story. But right? I can't believe I'm getting notes from a dead Mikey. Get used to it. <laughs> All right. Can we move on? We, we yes. were at the scene where I was fantasizing about Mikey getting tortured. Let's pick up from there. So Ulysses wakes up to the sound of his partner being tortured, and they cut both of his partner's eyes out, and they cut one of his arms off. Ugh. And they do say as they're doing this, as they're taking the eyes, that uh, Papa wants the cop's eyes for the Nganga, which in the real story they call him Padrino. Padrino and Padrina. For him and his lady. Who we meet. She's in it too. Which she's barely in this movie and she is a co-conspirator. She's the hottest woman in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of that compound was just seeds. <laughs> she's she was... beautiful. Yeah. The, she I mean, was... the, the real life woman that she is based on is also, at the time at least, was very beautiful. The lady who plays Valeria was just in a Netflix TV show called Altered Carbon, where she is pretty hot as well. Just going to throw that out there. Mm -hmm. Also, check out Altered Carbon. It's pretty good. So they decapitate his partner with a machete, and then they tell Ulysses, tell your cop buddies who did this. Why would you do that? Why would you let a cop go? They, they felt like they were invincible, and they, and they were bribing a lot of the, the police as well. I guess that's fair. Yeah. I guess they, Ulysses S, granted him a party. <laughs> Hell yes, Mikey. Hell yes. Quick trivia question, Mikey. And this is for a shot at Froggies. What currency is Ulysses S granted him a pardon on? The fuck? The $50 bill? Yeah! yeah! Well done! That is correct. You get a shot. 
With a gun. Oh, no! <laughs> it's these people who don't go to the tourist spot. Like, I just want to go to Senior Frogs, go to a beach. They they were at the tourist spots, So and so was the real guy. They, yeah. they were just oh, in no. the part of town with the bars. This was the tourist spot. Yeah, and the reason they took him was because he, well, at least in the movie, Paige, you know the real story, sorry. But in the yeah. movie, the reason they took him was because they had killed a bunch of, like, people that were from Mexico, and it, like, didn't work or whatever, so they, they he promised to kill a white guy because that would work, right? They were like upping the stakes, if that makes yeah. sense. At least in the movie, Paige. Again, no, no, that's that's correct for the real story as well. Okay, they would have had to go to one of the tourist areas to easily get somebody. They they took him in Matamoros, Mexico, which is right across the border from brownsville okay and literally it's so close that there's a bridge between the two towns that people could just walk across oh wow so at spring break students would just walk across the border into matamoros and it was much like kind of like a tijuana where it's like all bars and whatever and they were all hanging out at those bars and then the whole crowd of them went to walk back across the bridge and he got just separated from his friends in the crowd and forced into a truck so it could have been any one of them it could have been anybody yeah Okay. Anyway, so we get a title card that says one year later in Galveston, Texas, we see a group of what look like teens. We'll find out that they're like just finishing up college. Like 21, 22 ish, I guess. Yeah. uh, Around a bonfire. And one of them, Henry, is an asshole, but he's like, poor people are poor because they're lazy. (laughs) And he's basically like, my dad was a mechanic, but saved up. And that's why I get to go to Wharton. And you're just like. Yeah, I hated him so much. Well, and he he's also a drug dealer, we find out. So, like, he is lecturing these women who are just trying to buy weed from him, and he's making them, like, sit through an economics lecture before he gives them the weed. But, like, a trickle-down economics dumbass. Wow, it's like listening to Todd on this podcast. Oh, I hate you so much, Mike. Uh (laughs) I just want to get to the joke. Do I have to listen to this lesson before we get to (laughs) it? The joke is the economy, Mikey. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, he he's he's a very I would say he's a very selfish materialistic person. Yeah, he's terrible. And that kind of that bears out through the rest of the film. Yeah. He's the kind of guy you'd be disappointed that when he got shot it was just barely. Yeah. <laughs> he does the dumbest thing I've ever seen almost in any movie on this movie. Is that go to Wharton? No, like oh, confront sorry. the cartel guy following him with a bat. Oh, yeah. In Mexico? He's a dumb kid. Yeah, we we established that when we talked about how he believed in trickle-down economics and stuff. Everyone knows he's dumb. Oh, yeah. Oh, can we just get to the podcast? <laughs> anyway, he runs into Phil, who is Sean from Boy Meets World, right or strong. Yeah. And he Phil seems a little bit younger than the other two of them. I don't know for sure. He just kind of seems that way. But he, we know he's a virgin. We find out here. Right. Uh, and that he just watched one of their friends get nailed. And that they're looking for their other friend, Eddie, and they can't find him. We cut to the next morning and they find Eddie on the beach. And yep. they're drinking tequila in the morning. Always a bad sign. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hair of the dog. Yeah. And Henry is basically trying to talk everybody into going to Mexico. Phil is totally down and eddie's kind of like nah i just want to chill i've got a lot on my mind yeah and henry's like i'm going to wharton you're going to stanford come like at least do one crazy thing before you go yeah he agrees to go we cut to them in the car where we do get a gay slur for no reason which sucks we get a bunch of that at the very beginning like from yeah everybody really but this is like from henry mostly this yeah. is like of the time though like in the I would say mid to late 2000s is when that started to like 
be less cool. Yeah. But like Mikey and I grew up in a world where that was thrown at us like every day. That was like a common insult. Yeah. Even amongst like friends. I'm not saying it was good. It was just super common. You know, it's one of the ways that society has quickly grown in the last like I would say 10 years or so. Mm -hmm. But it has been pretty recent. You're right. Like 10 years. Yeah. So they're also throwing some shade at Phil for not getting into like an Ivy League school. I did love that. Well, yeah, because Phil's an idiot. Yeah. Well, Phil's also going to like a decent state school. We also find out here that he's like a pastor's kid. Yeah. So he he grew up very religious. That's why he's a virgin. And he's going to law school. So they all have like promising futures. Stanton, Wharton, and then law school. I don't, you know, it's the top 100 law school. I don't know if that's prestigious amongst law schools, but still, he's going to law school. Yeah. They get to Mexico and we get like a montage of them doing what I would call obnoxious tourist shit. And they enter an establishment, which is a strip club, but there's an implication that there might be some sex work to be purchased there. I mean, sex work is purchased there. Yeah. Absolutely. They go in. Henry's talking to a hostess, it looks like, to try and negotiate someone to sleep with Phil. And Eddie is just kind of enjoying the strip club and eventually goes to the bartender. Yeah. And they kind of hit it off, even though he speaks bad Spanish. I do like that Eddie is fully, like, being, like, worked over by a stripper, and he's just not into it. And then he, like, catches the <laughs> eye. Yeah, the stripper's sitting next to him, and he just gets up and leaves Yeah, her. he's like, I'm gonna <laughs> go to the bar, wild. whatever, I'm out. Bye. At the same time, Henry tells Phil that he's found someone that he will pay $80 to, that allegedly will A, do anal, and is B, barely 17, and it's also, she's practically a virgin too. We will find out that a lot of this is maybe not true. No. But the fact that he hears all of those things and is just like, okay, is not great. No, it's a real Gates kind of move. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> but as that's happening, a man propositions the bartender and Eddie tries to kind of get in between them. And that guy stabs Eddie or he, he like slashes his abs. Yeah. And so basically the bartender knocks him up. Not No, nope. I'm sorry. What? Hang on. <laughs> Hang on one nope. second. The bartender knocks him out with yeah. a bottle. And then fixes up Eddie's side. Yes. And as that's happening, Phil and Henry go out to do their thing. It's quite the romance. Yeah. It's quite a meet cute for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a pool cue because in my notes I was like, well, that's quite a nice meat cue. No. But I guess it was a bottle. It was a bottle, yeah. Uh, she says her ex-husband hated the fact that she could handle herself, and that's why she moved here. I do like in this world that she's like 30 and he's 21 and they fall in love. Like, that to me is funny. Yeah, a she's little bit. She's no way she's 30. I mean, she's I married mean, and divorced. I mean, she's not 21. Well, how old were you when you were married and divorced? I was 27 when I got divorced. I got married at 25. But some people get, they get married young and they get divorced. Yeah, some people young. get married hella young and get divorced hella young. Yeah, especially in the South. And she's really South. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get much more South than Mexico. <laughs> I mean, you do. You do. It's South just... America. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's in the name. At what point do you, like, cross the equator and then does it become more North? South is always South until you get to Antarctica. And then does it become North or you're still going South? Yeah, when you're, when you're on directly on the South Pole, everything's North. But if you're North of the South Pole, it's South of you. These are questions that I need answered. I'm the weakest geography person, and I can't believe I'm explaining this to you. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know why you hopped in to explain south, north, and south. But it did sound right. Am I wrong? No, I mean I don't know, but it sounded right. Yeah, I guess. Who knows? Listeners, write in and tell us if you walk to the South Pole and then continue walking the same direction. 
Are you now walking north? Then you go north. If you walk past the South Pole, you, you have to be, right? It has to be. You guys are two different things. Mikey, you are correct that if you kept walking, you are then walking north towards other things. That's true. Right. I dropped my thing because I realized how stupid it was when Mikey okay, was good. talking. And I just hoped we'd gloss over it. We'd just not address it again. <laughs> no, we, we need to address <laughs> it. What, to address what, this. what Todd was asking is if once you get to the South Pole. No, the equator. Paige, I'm going to tell it myself because it's real dumb. Go for it. It was the equator, I said. Is it still south, south of the equator? Yes. Of course it is. That's why they call it south of the equator. And that's why it's called South America. You very good. Yeah. I'm remembering eighth grade all of a sudden. Okay. Anyway. So <laughs> cut to the house where Phil, a.k.a. Sean from Boy Meets World, yeah. is getting undressed to potentially lose his virginity to this woman they've met in the bar. Oh, I just realized that Phil died a virgin and that makes me sad. It does, but he probably definitely went to heaven. <laughs> just kidding. That doesn't matter at all. Yeah, that's a bummer. So he lies back and on the wall, he sees a picture of Jesus like over the bed basically. And he's like, can we not? I feel like he's watching me. And as they're having this conversation, a baby cries in the next room. Not even the next room. It's like hidden by a sheet. It's like like a, a curtain. Yeah. yeah. And which he then puts his pants back on and is just like, is this your baby? It's a pretty baby. And ends up like holding the baby. Yeah. And then she hands him the baby. I would have been out immediately. I mean, I would not have been in this situation. But like if that had happened, I'd have been out. I'd have been like, thank you. Take the money, please. It's clear you need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like keep it. Bye. Um, Yeah, but he ends up holding the baby and he seems to kind of like fall for her. Yes. Because he's when he leaves later, he's trying to take that stuffed animal to the baby. Yeah, that's why I think they actually did have sex and he went to hell. I don't think he would go to hell for that, but okay. Anyway, we cut to the next day where they're eating lunch and they're teasing him for like falling for her. Yeah. And he says, I like her. She's sweet. We don't know if they sleep together. It's implied that they don't because he does give the 80 bucks back to Henry. Yeah, or he just paid for it out of his share. Like, I, yeah. in my mind, it makes sense to me that he didn't sleep with her but gave her the money anyway. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. No, that's what I suspected happened. Yeah. But at lunch, they're meeting up with Valeria, who was the bartender, yeah. and she brings along her cousin Lupe, and we cut to them hanging out by a van just outside of, like, a local carnival doing shrooms, and they all take them. They walk around the carnival. There's, like, a montage. We cut to Phil waiting for the bathroom and he's like banging on the door to the bathroom hassling the guy in there he comes out which is not great to do either it's not uh but also it's our our creepy bone structured cult dude yeah it's the bald guy yeah who has a hankering to pistol whip people yep he's got a fever i was thinking the same thing (laughs) (laughs) i was like in my mind thinking the same thing that's so wild Paige, get out of my brain is pistol whipping everyone in this film yeah is damaging my weapon by pistol whipping people. Pistol whipping, let's whip it right. Pistol whip, pistol whipping, whipping all, all night. night. Yes. <laughs> Such a trip. Oh no. Anyway, okay. Anyway, so it's the cult dude, and it's almost like from that moment forward, he has a target on his back. He doesn't know it, but they've already kind of like targeted him. 
Yeah, they're like, this guy was banging on the door while I was trying to take a number two. We're going to murder him. Yeah. It's rude. It is rude. I agree. I don't think he deserves to get murdered, but, I mean, if I'm in there taking a wicked number six and someone's beating on the door, I'm not a fan. Number six? <laughs> Wait, you're masturbating too? <laughs> How do you know the code, Mikey? <laughs> I don't know. Too late now. Guilty. You know the code. You've used the code. Yeah, Mikey, we all know you know the code. I wrote the code. (laughs) Man's got to have a code. A man has nothing to live by. They don't have a code to live by. Anyway, we cut to Henry and Eddie talking. This is where we find out that Eddie's not going to Stanford, that he he never sent his letter back, and instead he wants to join the equivalent of the Peace Corps. Yeah. They don't call it that, but that's basically what he's going to do. Yeah. To which Henry is like, you idiot. Why would you want to do that? That's horrible. And I don't know. Like, I do think going to Stanford is a great opportunity and can set you up for a good, successful career. But, like, that's not the path that he wants to choose, bro. Yeah. I mean, he wants a a gap year. Sure. I mean, yeah, he could have also potentially deferred his admission, but, like, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, Phil decides that he wants to take a stuffed animal that he's won back to the baby. And they do kind of make fun of him. As Henry and Eddie are talking, there's, like, trash can fires and a belly dance and a band going on. Yeah, it's like a border town version of Stomp. His bartender girlfriend ties her shirt up and does a big... She seduces him here, I think. And I... (laughs) I think they were already in it. I don't think anyone needed to be seduced. No, I I don't think so either. Because I was like, oh, that's real neat. Mikey, let me just say this. You specifically would like Altered Carbon if you liked this scene. I, I watched Altered Carbon. Okay. So you know that. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm just saying... I wouldn't have gone to give a stuffed animal to a kid at this point. Well, I mean, and, and that's what happens. Phil leaves to go give the stuffed animal to the baby. Right. And they all kind of split up because Valeria takes Eddie through a graveyard. Which is never a good spot for a first date. Uh, I don't know. This is a really pretty graveyard. I'm out, You man. know, whatever. I also learned early on that the Blair Witch Project wasn't a good call for a first date. So what do <laughs> I know? Hey, you know what? It's on Netflix right now. Oh, God. So Valeria and Eddie are in a graveyard. Lupe is reading Henry's palm and he's obnoxious. And at this point, this is when Eddie kind of turns to Valeria and is like, ever since we crossed the border, I don't feel like me anymore. And he says, she says, who do you feel like? And he's like, myself. And she's like, you're hot. Yeah. I did like that that was her reaction because I was very afraid that they were going to be like, isn't that such a profound statement, audience? Yeah. Like, I'm such a good writer. And then I like immediately that she was like, this is a terrible thing to say on a first date. <laughs> yeah. I never felt like myself until you belly danced in front of me. <laughs> Then I've been feeling myself ever since. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So we cut to Phil and the truck pulls up behind him and a guy creeps up behind him and asks him for a light for his cigarette. And he stops to light it and then stops and kind of crouches down because he's peeking on the shrooms. Yeah. And they just kind of convince him to get in their truck, tell him that they'll give him a ride, etc. And nope kidnapped instantly which i get that he's super high and like tripping at this point but never ever do that that's such a bonkers move in a foreign country that's why you have you should stay together yeah but everyone is on shrooms like there's no person to help them with their trip that's, right that's one of the things that bothered me that's like one thing i do know about shrooms is that you have a babysitter yeah you should have someone there who can like look over you to make sure you're not going to try and jump off your roof or something right like that right mm-hmm. and they just 
didn't have that. I thought Lupe was going to be that, honestly, because I don't think we see her take any shrooms. She doesn't. So Eddie and Henry wake up the next morning in their hotel, and they realize that Phil never made it back. Right. Well, and Eddie also has had sex with Valeria. Yeah, at some point, and without a condom, we find out, because they talk about it while they get tacos. Well, because in the beach scene where they convinced him to go to Mexico, he gave his one wallet condom to Ryder Strong to use on the sex worker later, but he never used it, so he just didn't have one, so he just, you know, raw-dogged it with a stranger. First of all, why you only carry in one condom, amateur? Why you selling yourself short? Why are you not embracing the greatness you could have? Everyone I knew with a wallet condom, like, never had an opportunity to use it. Well, also, A, condoms expire, and B, the friction from your wallet can cause tears in condoms. So, like, don't keep them in your wallet. I don't use them. (laughs) I want kids. I gave it up when I turned 34. He gave it up for Lent, ladies. That's, That's right. Mikey is single and ready to raw dog it, ladies. This is such a bad idea. Hey, Mikey, just just like get tested. Yeah. I'm not pregnant. That's not the kind of test <laughs> I'm talking about. It's a different kind of test. Anyway, they're trying to call Phil and his phone is out of range. It's not picking up and they can't figure out where he is. Uh, this is actually where... Eddie tells Henry what he wants to do and wants to go dig irrigation canals in Malawi. Yeah. At this point, Henry says, oh, that's beautiful. What are you going to do? Buy a Volvo and join the Democrats? (laughs) Which is just like, it seemed strange to me that he was that politically specific as like, I guess I, I was aware of some stereotypes like that at this age. I just wasn't that invested in them, I think. I don't know. They, they, Henry's such a weird character in this movie. Yeah, he's terrible. I hate him. Yeah. Uh, and this line is one of the reasons I hate him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, on Boy Meets World, uh, <laughs> Phil is hang- <laughs> Phil's hanging in a barn and Sean Astin shows up and he's like, hey, I'm Randall. Nice to meet you. Are you thirsty? What's Corey up to? Yeah, what's Corey up to? Is Topanga single? We gotta watch out for Mr. Felding. Is no, it's Feeny. Feeny, fuck! I combined Belding and Feeny. Holy <laughs> shit! That's what Todd's brain just did. That's dyslexia for you. There you go. And he basically tells him, "Quote: You're on the other side of the rainbow. You're the man of the hour. You'll get to meet Papa real soon." But he's not really telling him what's going to go on. What- I think is terrible. If I'm chained up and kidnapped and they're talking like yeah. that, I'm like, I'm going to die. Yeah. yeah You're going to meet Papa real soon? That's not yeah. going to be a good meeting for you. I'm over the rainbow. It's not like a death by snoo snoo situation. Like, you know it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. One of the things he does say is like, do you want some TV? There's not much on, but it's better than thinking thoughts. It is. Which to me, I, I couldn't at the time figure out if that was his guilt over knowing what happens to people. Or if he's just that messed up. I honestly think he's just that messed up because he admits to five, at least five murders. Five murderers. So I don't really think he has much of a conscience to begin with. I don't think so either. Yeah. I can't believe he had five girlfriends. It sounds to me like he did not. He did not. That makes more sense. That checks out way better. He's had at least five victims. Yeah, we cut to the police station where they're trying to report him missing, and they tell them that they basically can't report him missing for 72 hours, and Henry's real shitty in this police station where they're clearly busy, you know, it's a police station. They don't even have time to change the flickering light, like, they're super busy. (laughs) (laughs) They're so busy, but this is also where he's like, welcome to the third world, and it's like, first of all, you're in a 
small village and this is an overworked police station. Give them a break, I guess. But also we find out some shitty things about the police in this movie. So maybe they deserved it. I would have called the consulate (laughs) immediately. Yes. I mean, that's what they should have done. That's what his real friends in real life did. But this is where we overhear that somebody stole a child's body from the graveyard or for for Santayan's Nganga. So... In this version, in this movie, the police know there's an Nganga, which is not the case in real life. They find the Nganga, and that's part of how they solve the case. Yeah. Because there's DNA in it. Um, so oh, Yeah, I didn't think about that, but that makes sense. But this is where Ulysses shows up, and he's like, I've been piecing this case together. You gotta help me basically get justice for my partner. And they're like, forget about your partner. This isn't Mexico City. This isn't even Mexico. It's the border, and the border has no memory. Yeah, he's like, what happens at the border stays at the border. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Welcome to Senior Frogs! <laughs> well, I think he's also implying that he's like, this is a place where a lot of people who don't want to be found don't get found. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Also, piecing the case together, that's a bit of a stretch. You watch the case take your partner into pieces. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Uh, but he, he's been following them and finding out where they are and tracked them here. Oh, okay. Yeah. But so they put off calling Phil's parents for a couple hours because they don't want to admit that they basically let him wander off. Meanwhile, Ulysses checks into his hotel and he's going through all the files and we see a picture of what at first looks like Valeria because it's a bad picture, but it, it turns out that it's the woman that is working with Santayan, but she has the same haircut. So you're just like, which one of them is in this very grainy photo? Um, I, I thought it was uh, Mrs. Cult Leader. That's who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's who I thought it was. So the boys decide that they're going to go talk to Valeria because they're like, well, maybe the girl that he went to see saw something. Maybe Valeria knows something. Sure. I mean, and Valeria does work with that girl, I guess, you know, because yeah. they work at the same establishment. Yep. It's not a bad thought. No. And then Eddie's like, I don't know, man. We just had sex last night. Should I? I don't think I should call on her this soon. <laughs> What are the rules? Vince Vaughn's not here to explain it. Oh, geez. They look down the street and there's a procession of people that's kind of like a parade for the vanished. Yes. Is what they find out. And they call down to Lupe, who lives below Valeria. Well, and she's the one that explains that it is a parade for the vanished. Yeah. And then Eddie's like, oh, I know someone who has vanished. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they do go ask around, but we don't really see it. We cut back to the barn where back on Boy Meets World, uh, Sean and Sean, Phil and Sean Aston's character, Randall, are bonding over this like pizza place in Texas. But this is also where we find out that he's killed three women in Los Angeles and two in Phoenix. Yeah. And they're still looking for the bodies. And he starts calling him home style, which I thought was really fun, where it's like, yeah. Nope, uh, this isn't about a ransom home style. It's Los Espiritus, where he basically explains that he's going to be part of some sort of ritual and, quote, his life is going to mean something. I mean, at that moment, you're like, oh, I'm straight up dead. Yes. Which is why I think he does what he does in the movie. Obviously, Paige, this I'm sure it didn't happen yeah. in the true crime thing, but he does try and escape, which I was like, good for you, buddy. He did escape oh, in, really? in the story brief, briefly, and they caught him and brought him oh, back. Oh, man. Yeah. But he he escaped the night that they took him in the truck. He They stopped to go to the bathroom, and he ran away from the truck, but he was in the middle of the desert, and so they just immediately brought yeah. him back. God. So we cut back to the search for Phil 
Henry is talking to Valeria and saying that she lives in a shitty country. And she's like, hey, people get kidnapped in the States all the time, asshole. Yeah. <laughs> like, dick. Um, but this is where the cult members basically drive past in the truck with what looks like Phil in the back. It's not. It's somebody else just tied up in the back. But they do it to almost like taunt them. Which is strange. Oh, I didn't think it was somebody tied up. I thought it was the stuffed animal that Phil had bought for the girl or the the baby. Oh, maybe that is it. It passes so fast. It looked like it was somebody, but that makes yeah. more I sense. I mean, and actually. honestly, I, you're right because it does go by pretty quickly. So I maybe projected that. So I'm not a hundred percent sure either way. It's one of the two. Uh, it's it's one of those two things. So back at the ranch, he tells Randall that he has to go to the bathroom. He gets out and runs across the compound. Randall chases after him with a gun. Well, and his hands are still bound. The way he got away from yeah. Randall is by just straight up headbutting him while he duped yes. Randall into opening his pants because he had to go to the bathroom, right? Yeah, we've all been there. I mean, yeah. Like, yep. Mikey, if you go for my belt, I'm headbutting you. Yep. Same, same, bro. <laughs> so as he's running, he trips and falls into the, one of their mass graves. Yeah. Uh, he gets up, tries to flag down a car, but the car drives past him. And one of the cult members on a horse is right behind him and ropes him and drags him back. Yeah. I gotta be honest with you. If a guy on a horse with a rope was chasing me, I would just stop and try and fight him. Like stop running. Or try and spook the horse. Yeah, or yeah. something. I mean, don't get in front of the horse because they're trained to run, you know, and not stop. So like they yeah. would probably just run you over. Learn that from the rom-com, the man from the snowy river. But like, if you stop running, it messes with the momentum of you between the horse and they're timing the, the lasso to yeah. throw at you. So if mm -hmm. you stop, you throw them off, and then you have, I yeah. guess, more of a chance to fight them. I don't really think he had much of a chance to get away, though. That's the, the shitty part of it. Yeah, because here's the thing. This is just the first guy coming after him. There's 12 more guys that can come That's after true. him. That's right? true. Yeah, I mean, the compound's full of dudes. So, yeah. Yeah. So they come back to the compound where Ulysses, that cop, has actually infiltrated and is watching what's going on. They pistol whip Phil and a Hummer carrying Santayana and his entourage shows up at the same time. Yeah, and Ulysses sort of sees Phil be dragged in on the horse or right. being dragged behind the horse, really, and then pull up in that SUV. Yeah. Right. We cut to Lupe's Botanica, which is the first time we find out that Lupe runs a Botanica. Right. And she's basically giving them a rundown of real, real basic Palo Mayombe, but she doesn't tell them much. And Santayan, who's the guy who's kidnapped Phil, and she says that a week ago, two of his people were in the store and they were looking specifically for a gringo. And she kind of beckons them back further into her shop because I don't think she trusts the lady who comes into shop. Uh, but she says, if Santayan took your friend... There's nothing you can do, and basically you should leave because his cult is dangerous and they are capable of anything. Yeah, and we've already seen them, like, bribe the cops, right? Like, we know yeah. that it, they're, like, intertwined with the cartel. It's it's a bad, bad, bad situation. Yeah, yeah. And, and Henry is stupid, and he's like, I'm not going to back down because of this stupid cult. And so he walks outside, grabs a crowbar, sees the truck outside, and this is where he bashes in one of the front lights on the yeah. truck. Yeah, they shoot him in the neck. Yeah, it's the bald guy. Henry seemed very surprised that the guy got out with a gun, and I was like, that was obviously going to happen. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he goes to shoot him in the head, but the gun jams. The police are driving down the street, but then they immediately turn and drive away. Which I thought was so bonkers. I, like, imagine that situation. Yeah. You're like Eddie. You're trying to flag him down like, hey, someone's trying to shoot my friend. And they're like, we know we're getting out of their way. <laughs> Bye. Like, that would be so scary. Like, so scary. I mean, honestly, I would just be like, sorry, Mikey, you're on your own, and run away. Like, this is what you get for following me. (laughs) So then he turns, and because he can't get the gun to fire, he pistol whips Henry. Yeah. They get Henry to a hospital. He lives through it. And he says that he was telling the doctor about what happened. And the guy went white as a sheet and gave him a rosary for protection. And so at this point, he's like, yeah, I'm going home because I'm pretty sure the cops are scared of them and we're sitting ducks and they're going to come back. And he's like, well, what about Phil? And he's like, he's dead, but we'll send somebody back for his body. Okay, bye. That's sort of what you should do, though, right? I mean, yeah, hopefully you're not going back just for his body, but you need like someone with legal authority and guns. Yeah. Well, and at this point, Ulysses walks in and is like, hey, your friend is still alive, but they're going to do the ceremony tonight. Yeah. We cut back to the barn where Papa or Santayan and his uh, mama, lady French, Mama, they don't give her a real name, but they show up to see Phil and they're mad that they hurt him when they tried to bring him back to the ranch. Yeah. Like they give Randall shit for that. Yeah. And... Uh, they cut a chunk of his hair to basically start oh, the ritual. Boy. And they're yeah. going to come back and grab him again later. And he explains at this point that he had tried to, he was killing Mexicans and then one of the last people that he killed was stubborn and it made the magic bad. So he wanted someone American who will scream, basically, who will be scared and scream. Yep. So we cut back to Ulysses trying to explain to them what's going on where he basically says before Santayan smuggles drugs up to the north, he makes his trucks invisible using blood magic. So he sacrifices for protection. So Phil's going to get murdered tonight unless you do something. The Mexican police won't do anything, but maybe the FBI will. Basically, meet me in a half hour and then go get the FBI. Yeah. Now, what we will find out is that they would have never made it in time. Phil's going to die no matter what. It's already... In progress. Yeah. Well, I mean, we saw them just start the ritual right there. Yeah, basically. In the last scene, yeah. But so they're back at the motel. Henry's going to wait while Eddie takes Valeria home. Um, And Eddie apologizes because he's just like, I'm super fucking scared, by the way. Uh, And I'm sorry I called you a coward earlier because I'm scared. Which I think is appropriate. Yeah. That's the appropriate response to have in this situation. Yeah. Is to be scared and get the fuck out of there. Yes. yes. We cut back to Lupe's Botanica where someone is in the shop. She climbs the stairs to the second floor to investigate and there's a goat head on her bed and she turns and our favorite guy with the craziest bone structure is behind her. And as that's happening, Eddie's trying to convince Valeria to come back with them and they're like smug. She's like, you mean smuggle me across the border? Yeah. And he says, I'll be back as soon as I know what we're doing, but I'll be here. So they kiss. He takes her home. He sees the light turn on in the window upstairs. Well, and then Valeria starts screaming. Right. So he runs inside where we find out that Lupe has been ritually murdered. They've like painted symbols on her wall, whole nine. He drags Valeria out. They get back to the hotel or they head back to the hotel, I should say. Did we not say that Lupe's body has been placed on a bed, her head removed, 
and the goat head placed where her head should be. Yeah, that, that, sorry, that's what I meant by ritually murdered. But that yeah. was like that was hard to watch. Like that was bonkers. I was very uncomfortable by that imagery. Oh, I didn't. I, yeah. Um, I mean, I've seen Black Phillip before. I mean, I thought you'd be into it just because goats will eat anything, even your trash dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mikey. Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, back at the hotel. Um, the lights go out. Henry goes out to check out what's going on. He goes down to the lobby. I will say it was cute when they stopped on the way and they were just like, she was the goat. (laughs) (laughs) It was a little too soon, but honestly, I felt like the way she delivered it was so good. She was like, man, Lupe, she was the goat though. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I mean, it's hard It's hard for me that my cousin died, but, like, at least they honored her with what she was. Yeah. Oh, jeez. The goat. Are you mad at us, Paige, for ramming this joke? A little <laughs> bit. I'm more mad because this joke ate all the shoelaces, and now I can't hang myself to get away from it. Um... <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Oh, Sorry, that's probably getting cut. It's not, though, because no cuts. And also, uh, the episodes th- if on both podcasts have been pretty dark the past. Pretty What's going on dark. in our lives? Uh, just a real quick check-in. Are you guys okay? Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> Fully same. So, audience, sorry about the darkness of the past few episodes. We're going through some things right now. Yeah. We we like to, we kept an upbeat attitude during most of the worst COVID times, and now I got nothing left. I'm having an affair with a truck. (laughs) All right. I see how it is. Her name's Ford and she's special. (laughs) She's a tough mutter. Um... Oh, brother. Oh, Mikey. Oh, Oh, Mikey. Is it weird that I make her wear the truck nuts? To each their own, man. As long as you're you're two consenting humans and or automobiles. <sighs> I don't know why, but I okay, I was I sometimes watch Rick and Morty to sleep and they were doing the interdimensional cable thing where it was man versus car, and I was like, this hits different after that <laughs> West Side story episode. <laughs> You know what hits different? The, like, My Strange Addiction episode with the guy who's addicted to banging trucks. I'm sorry, that's a real thing? Yeah, that's a real yeah, thing. Yeah, dude. It's a Just real thing. unrelated. Is his name Dustin? <laughs> no, it's Todd. We've been meaning to ask you about it. No, I'm kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you been making soap also and planning for the collapse of mankind? I do have a lot of similar economic theories. Toddler Durden. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just taking a baby. Toddler Durden. <laughs> I wanted to destroy something beautiful. Mm, trickle <laughs> down economics. Wah, wah. <laughs> wah, wah. Well, you destroyed my generation's chance at prosperity. That's true. <laughs> it is true. So back at the hotel, the power goes out and Henry peeks out to see what's going on. And he asks the guy in the room next door, he says, What's going on? And the guy just says, nothing to do with you. Get back inside. Yeah. And I think he should have. I think if he had stayed inside, he might have had a fighting chance. I mean, I think they would have eventually gone door to door. They probably would have. But I mean, you have a better chance if you don't do that. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So instead, he goes out. He goes down to the lobby. 
he doesn't see anybody, but then he goes to walk back upstairs and they follow him and they basically corner him. He breaks into a lady's room and breaks out the bathroom window to climb up to the roof. And as he's climbing, they slice his leg with a machete. He makes it up to the roof and fights them off for a couple minutes, but eventually they just stab him to death. Oh man. Okay. So when they finally corner him and like are holding him and one guy is holding his arm and the bald pistol whipper literally cuts his arm off with the machete. Yeah. Oh man, that messed me up. Like it it's not super scary, but like it does still affect me some. Like it it was so mm-hmm. it was oh man. It got me. It really got me. Yeah. And then them just hacking at him with machetes and then he's like Yeah, they're just cutting him to pieces basically. He's like spitting up blood and like he's dying. You know, it's so yeah. brutal, death by man. a thousand cuts. Literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like this podcast is to me. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's death by a thousand trucks. Get it right. Um, <laughs> well, we only have 160. This is 164 cuts is this episode. <laughs> so the police are at the hotel when Eddie and Valeria get there. They run over to check on what's happening and there's a body bag and Henry's in it. But now Eddie is just like, fuck this, I'm going to go kill those people. Well, most of Henry was in the bag. Yeah. Yeah. He, he was all over the place, really. I mean, yeah. they took mm-hmm. it. I didn't like how they took his arm and they're like, well, Henry will give us a hand. No, they took his arm for the Unganga. They did. That's you right. see someone Crap. walking away with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That joke is mm-hmm. ruined now because of that cult. That's the worst thing they've done. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, uh, Pape, Papa Sylvia wants his arm. I don't know his name. What's his name? Santayan. I keep thinking of the actual guy's name. But so they take the arm back to the Nganga. Nganga, yeah. Yeah. I'm not even going to try to pronounce words this episode. I've learned my lesson. I did think it was weird that Eddie was like, they've killed both of my friends. Now's the time I'm going to go kick some ass. And I was like, this should be the time when you run back to the FBI. I'd have been like, there's no one left. These are my high school friends. So, you know, what were our chances of being friends 10 years from now anyway? <laughs> Honestly, almost zero. Like, I've had a bunch of high school friends pass away that I, like, find out on Facebook. And I'm like, oh, damn. Okay, that sucks. Yeah. You yeah. get over it. Yeah. <laughs> What's the difference between that and just having a murder in Mexico and then leaving them? So, I mean, so <laughs> Pro- much trauma probably and a therapy. Lot. Like, a lot. Like, there's a lot there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, on Boy Meets World, they have bolt cutters and they've cut the chains that were holding Phil in the barn. But his head is like very poorly shaped, like it was shaved with a knife. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it looks like he actually did that to his hair. I mean, I realize it may have been like just a good bald cap, but it looks good. I think they did cut his hair. Yeah. 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 I mean, it looks like it, which more power to you, Ryder Strong. That's like a commitment. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. So Ulysses and Eddie arrive out in the desert just outside the compound. Eddie's like, what do we do when we get in there? And Ulysses is like, have you ever fired a gun? And he's like, yeah, I fired a gun. And in my mind, I went, they're from Texas. Yeah. (laughs) And then his next question was at people. And I was like, yeah, they're from Texas. They're from Texas. (laughs) Of course they have. Yeah. Yeehaw. Yeah. So he gives them a gun. They start to kind of make their way through the um, compound. Back in the barn, they're starting the ritual. Everyone's there. They unlock Phil's hands and surround him. And at this point, we see Papa take his shirt off. And he's got some pretty fucking sweet tattoos. I know they're fake, but... No, they it's awesome. I saw him, too. I was like, that is awesome. I think at this point... After he takes his shirt off, you should instead of Papa, you should just call him Daddy. Daddy, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Mikey, yes, I agree. 
so they unlock Phil, they surround him, and they say, now we wake Chango. And so they cut Phil's leg right above the knee. They don't cut his leg off, but they just, like, sink the cleaver in. Yeah. He screams, because that would hurt a fucking lot. Yes, it would. And he starts reciting Psalm 23. And as he's doing that, Papa Daddy, Daddy, Daddy Papa, Papa, Papa Fresh, um, Fresh. starts reciting his own prayers on top of it, basically at the same time. And then he pulls Phil's jaw open and bites out his tongue. Very quickly, I think. I also don't think he did bite out his tongue because he's still able to talk. No, I mean, like, but it also took as long as like a peck. Like, that is true. Yeah. But he did go the full 110% and bite out his tongue. So he, one, he is talking after, but he's clearly impaired as he's talking. That's fair. Um, And they do add the tongue to the Nganga. And we find out that they're videotaping this, but we never address that again. Uh, They hang Phil upside down and he's bleeding. They hear a distant gunshot, but it turns out it's just the local farmers like celebrating. Yeah, I thought it was going to be the people storming the compound like Ulysses and Eddie, but it's it's not at all. It's it's not. But Ulysses and Eddie use that as like noise as cover. Yeah. Yeah. So they get inside Meanwhile, we see the cultists drawing a bath for Santayan, uh, at which point we get to see how low those tattoos go. How low? And it's like... They go south. They go south of the border. Oh, yeah, they do. They go so far south, it starts to go back north. Yeah, I'm saying. They go so far south that I'm going north. No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Eddie and Valeria climb the stairs. They're kind of like following where the cultists are going and Ulysses is kind of separated from them. But they see them preparing something in the kitchen and they walk in and they find Phil's clothes. They hear footsteps and so they hide. But they peek back out the door and one of the cultists brings in a bag with Phil's severed head. So he is dead at this point. Oh, yeah. Hopefully fast because that would have been so painful. So basically, boy leaves world. Oh, Oh, Mikey. Oh, no. Poor Angela. I bet she's heartbroken. So as they're doing that, Ulysses finds the bathroom where the guy's having a bath. And he does like a hello. My name is Inigo Montoya. You killed my police partner. Prepare to die. Yeah, I would have shot him immediately. Yeah, I'm like, just shoot him. Yeah. Yeah. And he ends up, he bludgeons like three different people with that shotgun in this scene. So he won't just shoot him, which drives me nuts. One of the girls stabs him, and then the other girl tries to choke him, and he ends up like knocking both of them out by. I guess shotgun whipping them because it's not a pistol. Yeah. I'm sorry. If you stab me in the back and I have a gun, I'm probably going to shoot you. Yeah. I'm not going to spare your life. If I enter a compound to kill people, I'm just going to kill people. <laughs> like, yeah. Why? And that's a guarantee, ladies. Well, and he doesn't. <laughs> why complicate it? He doesn't fire until daddy shoots him and then he shoots back. Shoots him twice in the stomach. I know. Yeah. And like, then he walks through the rest of the house just shooting people. And I was like, why are you so quick on the trigger now, fool? Like, what's happening? Well, he learned his lesson in that last room. I guess. Valeria gets a van started. They're trying to shoot at everyone else as they escape. But Ulysses is dying on the floor of the van. They do have the bag with all of his evidence and stuff they've collected at the house. And I think they have his head. 
they don't talk about what they have in that bag. Oh, I didn't see them pick up the head, but they might, I guess. Yeah. I didn't see them either, but that bag is big enough to hold You're it. Like, we're gonna take we're gonna take you back home. Back to Texas. The stars at night are big and bright. Your head is missing. Yeah. Uh, so they manage to get into a van and give themselves enough clearance so that they have a couple minutes to escape oh my god i just thought of this that's the only head he's ever given oh mikey oh he's so selfless he gave head and never received it in your head in your head uh, anyway, they make it to a local farmhouse and they barge their way into the farmhouse. They put Ulysses on one of the beds. They're trying to treat the gunshot wound, but he dies. Yeah, he, he dies very, very quickly. Yeah. They ask the old man whose house they're at how far the border is. And he basically says it's two kilometers and then you're swimming in it, which is the Gulf of Mexico. Yeah. But just the very tip. Oh, I thought it was the Rio Grande or something. like Which feeds out into it. Yeah. Either way, you're swimming, right? I mean. Either way, you're swimming. Yeah. yeah. So they decide that they're going to go on foot, but then the old man disappears and it's quiet. Literally vanishes. It's so creepy. (laughs) Quiet. And he runs for the van, gets the bag and the gun, and then runs back into the house. And they try to barricade the house, but Randall and the other dudes are there. And then they basically fight their way through this house. Until they have killed everybody. So, like, he ends up choking a guy with a belt. Valeria shoots a guy in the head. They end up shooting Randall. Yeah, well, because Eddie is fighting Bald Dude. Yeah. And then Sean Astin is fighting Valeria. And Valeria, they're, like, giving it to each other. They're, they're like, really fighting. And then Eddie eventually kills Bald Dude. And then Valeria kills Sean. She shoots him, and he's still up and running. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Eddie finishes him off with, like, a machete. And there's still one guy left trying to run away. And then he goes after that dude and, like, cold-blooded murders that guy. He goes after that guy and straight-up murders him while the guy is begging for his life. I could not have done that, Mikey. I would have enjoyed that one the most. (laughs) you do see the look on valeria's face where it's almost this understanding of like he's been pushed to his limit like this is outside the realm of who he this is not self-defense in this one yes like he straight up murders that guy but she in the back of her mind is like we're never telling our kids this never yeah so how did you meet dad (laughs) <laughs> you want to know how I met your dad or how I met the real your dad? No. Oh. <laughs> Look, I killed 20 people in Mexico. Big freaking deal. <laughs> Senior trip, baby. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Seniors 02. He drops the machete and sinks to his knees. Yeah. And he's like, Valeria, will you marry me? <laughs> <laughs> We get the epilogue of like three slides of close to real information. And then the last slide, which basically says that they were caught by Border Patrol trying to cross the river and they were taken back to America. And then the FBI sent people to raid the camp, the compound, essentially. Which would have been cool to watch, but we don't get to because that's the movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, how do you guys feel about Borderland? I've seen worse, but I've seen a lot better. Mikey, how do you feel about it? I would have murdered in cold blood. (laughs) (laughs) So we now know what Mikey's limit is. Okay, they chased him to that farmhouse. They didn't have to do that. I am 
agree, yeah. Mikey. I feel like they were in self-defense until they murdered that last guy. Well, he came at them first. If he goes away, he might go get more people to come after them. That is true, Mikey. That is true. Mm-hmm. But they were about to leave immediately anyway to head for that border. I don't know. I mean, I would have cut his head off, put Evan's head on, and I said I would have been like, <laughs> "Wait, who is Evan? <laughs> is Evan Boy Meets World?" Guy? No, Phil. <laughs> no, that's Phil. I was like, "There's no Evan in this movie." <laughs> boy Meets Body. Yeah, Boy Meets Body. I would have put a goat head on that guy, and I'd have been like, "Fair's fair." <laughs> And then his buddies could have been like, man, that guy, he's the real goat. I feel like there's a darkness in me, and if I was pushed far enough, I would go into a place that I don't think I would come back from. Mikey, there clearly is a darkness in you. (laughs) Clearly. I'm just picturing that guy with a goat head somehow living through it and surviving with a goat head and just writing a book that's called, I Hope There's Tin Cans in Heaven. (laughs) Real dumb. They'd be like, what happened to that guy? I don't know, but it's real bad. He hosts a YouTube series called Goat Yoga. (laughs) Right? But he's like a yogi who's a goat. Mm. He's a goatee. <laughs> so I found this movie pretty tense. Not super scary, but pretty tense. And uh, I really hated the gore in it. Like, the way they, like, hacked away at the body parts really messed me up. I, I think I would have liked it if I saw it back when it came out. I don't think it's aged well. I think it uses filming techniques and, like, stuff from that time period that hasn't aged well. And maybe I would have liked it back then, but I... I didn't very much enjoy it watching this time and i didn't think it yeah. was scary and i didn't think the gore was that bad either spoiler the the gore in the real story is worse yeah that does not at all surprise me like yeah when you have an anganga bad shit's gonna go down i mean only if you're this guy who's a serial killer who's feeding it live human parts. That, that's what i mean yeah yeah uh, all right, so Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I do. So nice. as we kind of mentioned earlier, this movie is loosely based on a case from 1989 where a cult slash group of serial killers, often referred to as narco-satanicos, even though Satan's not involved in it at all, like they're not actively worshiping Satan, they're other religions, but was a real case. The cult was led by a man named Adolfo Costanzo, and his number two, his mama, Sarah Aldrete, were responsible for the abduction and murder of Mark Kilroy and at least 20 other people. Uh, Mark Kilroy was a Texan pre-med student, and he disappeared on March 14th, 1989, when he was kidnapped in Matamoros, Mexico, during spring break. And again, as I mentioned, he was one of a whole crowd of people that went down there for spring break and they just pulled him out of a crowd. He was one of 60 people who disappeared in the first three months of 1989. So it was happening a lot. But his case drew more attention because, A, he was a white American. Yeah. And his uncle, a man named Ken Kilroy, worked as a custom service agent. And so when news reached his uncle... They created a police task force in Brownsville, Texas, to then search for Mark on both sides of the border. At that point, local police officers in Matamoros worried that the bad publicity would hurt tourism because it was their main economic uh, export, I guess, if you want to think of it that way. Sure, yeah. Um, They then join in to really look for Mark Kilroy because no one wants to... People don't want to come there for spring break if people don't come back. So on the 26th of March, so 
about two weeks later. The case ends up being highlighted on America's Most Wanted, and Geraldo does a report on it. And it gives the case nationwide attention, but they don't get any important leads on it. Fast forward to about four days later, when the Mexican state authorities had routine checkpoints around the city as they're trying to kind of see who's coming in and out to try and find him. Sure. And a vehicle just runs through the checkpoint without stopping. Oh, so that part is true. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, And it was crossing the border from Texas into Mexico. So it was coming from Texas. And instead of stopping, they just followed the car. Uh, And so they followed him to the farm where then they arrested him, and he was like, yeah, I thought I was invisible because we <laughs> killed course. that guy. <laughs> yeah, naturally, yeah. So, but instead of immediately just taking that one guy, they kind of held him and then searched the farm. And around the farm, they found some altars and a few other things and marijuana stuff. Uh, but at this point, they basically have enough to go get a warrant and back up. They come back a few days later. They arrest everybody. Uh, Everybody that's still there, which is only a handful of the farm workers, and they find the Nganga. And at this point, a year-long manhunt ensues for them to find the cult members. And eventually, they corner them in Mexico City, and they have a shootout and kill everyone, basically, in the shootout. Oh, wow. Yeah. But they find out during this time that they specifically chose Mark Kilroy at random. They just wanted a white guy. Yeah. So that was why he was chosen. But that's why they inevitably catch and kill all of them. If you want to listen to it, it's a very early cult podcast episode. It's like number three. I think if we were doing it again today, we'd do it a little bit differently. But sure. last podcast on the left just did an amazing series on it. I highly recommend it. Uh, as for somewhat lighter fun facts, the title song for this movie La Frontera which basically means like Borderland uh, is written uh, by Andre Levin and Cucu Diamante but then it was sung by a man named Beto Cuevas and Beto Cuevas played Santayan in the film no way oh, yeah 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 that's awesome if you want to watch documentaries about the basically killings that happened in this movie uh, there's Rituales de Sangre, the true story behind the Matamoros cult killings. There's Deadly Cults, Palomayombe, which again, I will say, if you're going to get into this cult, understand that Palomayombe in and of itself is not evil. <laughs> it's this man was a serial killer and using that to justify it. Yeah. Then there's Instinto Asensio, El Padrino. And then also the film Dance with the Devil stars Ryder Strong and Sean Astin, both have starred in Cabin Fever movies. Ryder Strong is in the first Cabin Fever and then the very beginning of the second Cabin Fever movie. And then Sean Astin is in Cabin Fever 3, Patient Zero. Oh, wow. I didn't realize there were three Cabin Fevers. (laughs) I think there's actually four at this point. Oh, Oh, that's heartbreaking news. So those are your fun facts. Well, thank you for your fun facts. And I would now transition to box office, but... There isn't a box office for this movie because it was not released in theaters. It did win uh, an award on the festival circuit. The After Dark Horror Fest named it one of its top eight movies to die for, but was not released in theaters. It was not. It did gain a ton of traction after that. It's one of the first films that's widely available for streaming that didn't get a release. Yeah. Where, like, it did so well at festivals that... You've been able to watch this movie streaming since streaming existed, basically. 
Yeah, I mean, and it's, I think, done pretty well in streaming. A lot of people know about this movie, even though it didn't get a theatrical release. And I think Mm -hmm. it's because it is like, I don't know, I feel like a lot of horror movies are built around the, hey, they're really cheap to make, but they make a lot of money. And this is a really cheaply made, pretty decent horror flick. It's not super scary. Yeah, did you find a budget for it? No, in truth, I did okay. not. But all of them said it was well under $250,000. But okay, I couldn't yeah, find a sense. hard and fast figure anywhere. And I did, like, I looked for, like, 40 minutes today trying to find it. Uh, but all of them said it was either low budget or ultra low budget. Both of those would be under $250,000. Yeah. Which I buy. I mean, if they, especially if they shot most of this in Mexico, which I bet they did, then mm-hmm. I buy that, you know? Yeah. But that's your box office. There's not much to it. I really wish there was a service where you could look up what streaming rights paid for movies because then it would be more interesting, but there, that just does not exist. Yep. So um, do you guys think that uh, Papa and Mama are still together? <laughs> <laughs> she is still alive. Oh, wait, really? Yes, and is still in prison and has maintained her innocence and, and wrote a book where she's like, I didn't do it. And like everyone else is like, she fully did it. <laughs> And then she's like wrote a book that was like, I didn't, I swear. And everyone's like, well, we don't believe you. Yeah. Okay. A lot of them are still alive, actually. Wow. All right. So this week, you guys made me watch Borderland. What are you making me watch next week? Next week, we're going into another sequel month. I'm so excited. There, There are some good sequels coming out. We can finally go out to movie theaters. And if you, should we plug the meetup yeah absolutely let's plug it okay so if you're in the facebook group you might already know you because you've probably seen todd's video but right now it's still i think patreon only but it will by the time this drops it will not be patreon only. okay yeah uh there's a few spots left uh but we have rented out theaters one in los angeles one in nashville yep i'll be at the one in los angeles with mondo and jake and then todd natalie Mikey and an undisclosed plus one will be at the Nashville meetup. (laughs) I'm being hopeful. Yeah. I think it's fair to be optimistic, Mikey. Yeah. Yeah, sure. We only have a certain amount of seats because we have to separate out and be safe. Masks are required. But if there are still spots left, sign up on the Google Sheets. We'll confirm with you and come see Conjuring 3 with us. Yeah. It's going to be great. So the meetup in Nashville is on the 5th. Yep, June at 5th at 8, 8 p.m. p.m. Yep. And yours is even better, Paige. The meetup in Los Angeles is in Burbank. Uh, which is Los Angeles adjacent. If you live here, you know. I don't know why I'm explaining that. But it is on June 6th at 6 p.m. 666. It's so cool. It is perfect. We did not plan that. It just happened No, we planned that. We've been planning this for months. Yes, this definitely didn't just happen last minute. (laughs) I mean, it didn't. We had been planning it, but just the only available time was June 6th at 6 p.m. Anyway, we would love to see Conjuring 3 with you guys. That's not next week's movie because it takes us a while to see it and then make the episode. Right. But we figured it was a good chance to do sequel month again because we love sequel month. It's so fucking fun. It's probably one of my favorite themes we do. So next week is Grave Encounters 2. And Paige hasn't seen the first one. She has to watch both. Willing to do so. They continue. So, like, it, it's good to just watch them at the same time. I'm, I'm probably going to do them back to back. It's one big movie. Todd, you should rewatch the first one. I will not, but I can't wait to watch the second one. The first one really scared me. I don't know if you remember it, Mikey, but I was really scared by the first one. It was my first episode as a guest on the podcast. 
It was, and I knew that day that you were going to be with me forever. Yeah, because I uh, <laughs> murdered Clint. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we do scary scale? Yeah. Oh, yeah, so Mikey, let's do the scary scale. The scary scale, listeners, is a scale 1 to 10 of how scary we found the film this time. It's not a rating of quality, but a rating of how scary we found this time, as I just said. Our one example is Ghostbusters, and our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Page. One. Todd, I'm going to give it a four. You're terrible at this. I will not be shamed for my scary scale number. It was super tense and it was hard for me to watch. I did not like it. It was gross. And the gore was effective. Sounds like a review of my prom night. All right. And I'll give it a one. (laughs) Uh, Which is also what she rated your prom night. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Nope. All right. Well, while you look one up, let me tell them how they can have their review run on the podcast. And that is simply to leave us a five-star text review and Mikey will read it. So, Mikey, who's you going to read this week? What review shaking at your dick was? I'm going to read. Not going to read that one. Why? Because it ends with Todd, the funniest one on the podcast. Well, that's just hurtful, Mikey. <laughs> that you won't read one that's honest and truthful and comes from the heart. Who, who was that? I'm going to take a picture. Hey, Mikey, why don't we just do the most recent one by uh, Giving Up 96? No, I've decided that one's fake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just want to do a quick shout out to Giving Up 96, who ends this review with P.S. Todd is the funniest member of the podcast. I have spoken. Thank you, Giving Up. I appreciate that. Okay, I think I found one. I'm going to do author Joshua McMillan. I think I know what he does. (laughs) Uh, All right, what what does author Joshua McMillan have to say? Hilarious and informative. Okay. It's probably hilarious. Hilarious. I mean, you're reading it, right? Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we don't. I'm not looking at it. Ah, I I don't know either. So, okay. Uh What can I say that hasn't been said in other wonderful reviews? I don't know. Why don't you why don't you say it? He goes on. Oh, okay. The hosts have wonderful casual conversations that with that entertain you as well as inform you. I've had to redo that because it's fine. He does not seem like an author. <laughs> <laughs> say, listen, some authors don't proofread, bro. Uh, he needs an editor. Okay. First draft, uh, last draft, get it out the door. It's an L. Ron Hubbard technique. This is <laughs> the perfect podcast for anyone new to the genre. As Aww. a genre veteran, this is an amazing chance to hear Harjan, a hard, amazing chance to hear. Mikey's oh. not really a speaker, guys. No. <laughs> it's an amazing chance to hear a horror virgin experience the genre that, in my opinion, is one of the truly honest genres. We we get the ups and, and the downs, and we get to explore the light and the dark and everything in between. Oh, the hosts are just as honest, giving great reviews along with deep diving deep into some of the more intimate reaches of our society. Yes, ladies. <laughs> you are so gross, and I love it so much. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank you for putting this show out there. P.S. Mikey is hilarious. <laughs> And you guys should do this a Serbian film, which we'll never do because I will never, never ever. No, allow thank that you. To I no thanks. I won't watch it either. Yeah. Well, author Joshua McMillan, uh, thank you so much for that awesome five star review. And if you actually are an author, go buy some of his books, guys. Google Josh McMillan or whatever. 
So, guys, if you like this show but want to hear this power thruple on another movie review show about romance and romantic comedies, check out Romancing the Pod, where Mikey, Paige, and I break down and make fun of romantic movies. It's a lot of fun, guys. Check it out. If you want to follow us on social, please do. We are at Horror Virgin or online at HorrorVirgin.com. If you want to follow us all individually, you can do that as well. Paige is at Paige Wesley on Twitter or Rampage Wesley everywhere else, including TikTok. Mikey is at mrandolph24 and I am at Todd J. Awesome. If you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes, director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier mm-hmm, than the regular mm-hmm. feed drop. We do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that. So guys, check out yeah. the Patreon and help support the show. If you can't financially support the show, that's understandable. That's fine. But if you want to hang out with us on the daily, join the Facebook group uh, at facebook.com slash group slash horror virgin. We also link it like once a week. So just find it there and join the awesome Facebook group. And literally we're in there talking every day. It's awesome. And if you want to check out our Twitch stream, we're at twitch.tv slash Todd awesome. Well, we will be playing horror video games. So if you have always wondered what it would be like to watch me get scared, you can now do that on Twitch while I play these horror games. It's Twitch.tv slash Todd Awesome, guys. Check it out. It's a lot of fun for you. Not a lot of fun for me. This episode was brought to you by Nick B. B. Nick B, fun fact. Oh, yeah? He was actually one of the original VJs for MTV's Spring Break. Oh. If you look closely, you can see him behind Carmen Electra. Yeah, you can notice him because he's got the goat head on his shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> Nick B is the original goat. This episode is also brought to you by... Ori. And Ori is awesome. They, uh, while I was in a tight spot in Mexico, and uh, a friend of mine that I had met on this little vacation, uh, and I were in like a tight spot, and we needed a place to hang out, and we just popped over to Ori's place, and they let us like hide out there, even though we were about to be attacked by a bunch of gunmen, one of which may have helped carry a ring to Mordor. Mm. And the other one definitely was Corey's best friend forever, and it's really about the journey along the way. It is. It's about the friends we made along the way, not whether Corey and Topanga are still together at the end of it. Bro, I, Topanga, man. I was never into Topanga. I never I never understood it. I, I, I was more of a Kelly Kapowski kind of guy. I'm straight, so it doesn't matter, but Topanga. Yeah. So thank you so much, Ori, for letting us crash at your place. We appreciate it. This episode also brought to you by Brandon's Bug Business. And Brandon's Bug Business is actually called Bug Cage Company on Facebook. So if you have any spider, scorpion, centipede, millipede, or any other repede that you might need, reach out to Bug Cage Company on Facebook so they can ship you some bugs. Do you have the need the need for peed? <laughs> I live my life one millipede at a time. This episode is also brought to you by Awesome Possum Blossom, and Awesome Possum Blossom wants me to give you some Awesome Possum facts, so here's one for you. I have a disgusting one if you want it. Oh, I do want it, Mikey. Hit me with a disgusting possum fact. I was on the dark web. Oh, my God. You know, doing what I do late night when I've been lonely. Apparently, a a holistic remedy to crabs is having a possum just eat all of them off of you. Mikey, I hang on one second. I'm pausing the podcast. I will cut this. Are you okay? Do I, I need to I'm, take you to the hospital again? I, I've had a really intense like month, and I don't know if I'm okay anymore. 
Mikey, do like legit? Do you have crafts? No, no, I haven't touched a person in like a year and a half. But you do understand why I'm asking the question, though, right? I just thought it was funny because they're like anteaters. <laughs> All right, but sometimes your comedy, because it is very dark, can also be construed for a cry for help. So, like, I think you should understand why I asked. Uh, I have a possum fun fact. <laughs> let's, uh, yeah, let's, let's do just pages fun facts. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'm sorry. I've gone to a dark place. <laughs> I honestly want to leave it in. Uh, but Paige, hit me with your fun fact. Most people don't know this, but three different possums were imprisoned at Alcatraz, and they escaped by faking their death. <laughs> <laughs> you better get busy living or get busy possuming. <laughs> yeah, you never hear about the possum man of Alcatraz. It's just three possums in a trench coat. <laughs> Welcome to the rock. That makes me feel better because I would always worry that if I went to prison, I wouldn't be able to get any possum. Winners, fuck the possum queen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I like We're how so these advertisements are just for us. Yep. This episode brought to you by the letter Jeff, and Jeff wants you to check out his podcast, Kissing Jessica Jones, where each week they break down an episode of the Jessica Jones Marvel Netflix TV show called Jessica Jones, and they talk about it. Jeff, I, want, I need you to come at us. Uh, is it like a kiss on the cheek, or is it like a tongue kiss? Or like... Yeah, like, are you going 90? Is she actually a possum in disguise? <laughs> <laughs> Possums in disguise. <laughs> <laughs> Play dead Instead of roll out Sorry I'm sorry <laughs> Oh my god We are losing it we, we can't do two late night recordings back to back Clearly No this is bad This is all very bad This episode is also brought to you by Taco Cat And Taco Cat wants you to check out his podcast What's a possum shaking at you his wife <laughs> <laughs> it's actually called What's New Barkeep? Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, oh. Where each week they talk super nerdy topics like D&D or just more general broad topics that are going on in pop cultures like movies and stuff like that. You guys check out the podcast and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. And they also have a new drink every week, right, Mikey? Yeah, they do. They have cocktails and other drinks. Nice. All right. Well, guys, check out that podcast. What's new, Barkeep? Whoa, 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 whoa. So we now return you to another episode of uh, the, the Patreonicals. All right. Uh, on Earth, uh, Sasha and Eddie just had sex. <laughs> wow. This one started off real sexy, and I was not expecting it to. But honestly, I am on board for it. Let's do it. Sasha has kids. Bounce. Bounce. Bounce, 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 bounce. Yo, Sasha, let's do it. Let's fuck on the beach. Uh, so Sasha has behaviorally trained the zombies to be her army and combine it with Eddie has convinced the mammals to fight for them. They're conquering the world. Oh, wow. That actually makes sense. Like you had been planning this all along. <laughs> and that terrifies me, Mikey. Did you just like fall into a good premise just now? No, I do plan this out. 
I don't think that's true for a but second. You don't know, mate. I mean, I do find myself questioning it, but I don't question it that much. Okay. Well, that sums better than none. So okay, we'll keep going. Five percent is better than zero percent. That's right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> So you're saying I have a chance. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, they're having sex while their armies are killing a bunch of the Illuminati people and all this stuff. And uh, they're conquering the world. It's it's, it's getting real weird out there in space over in the moon. No one can hear you (laughs) cream. So no one's having sex out there. No, they're not having sex. They're in a much rougher experience. Well, (laughs) maybe I'll let the patrons vote on the next romance. (laughs) Wait, did they vote on the Sasha Eddie romance? No, I'm just making planning things out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. So they are watching on the space UFO ship tube of Earth and they're being it's being conquered and then their space subs are flying at them from the Illuminati who got tricked. You know, they they the real enemy is on Earth. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it's Sasha and Eddie's masterful deception that's got the Illuminati attacking the Mun base while they're down on the beach having sex on Earth and their army of zombies and mammals are taking over because the Illuminati left. Yeah, it makes sense if I explain it. (laughs) Sure. I appreciate you stepping in. Uh, Okay, so um, Danielle, the Moon Queen, and... Karun, who is a blue alien who's in debt to Domosaurus, and the leader of the Earthlings, which there's no leader, so it's fine. They are discussing, and they're like, Domosaurus is like, look, the Earth is screwed. We need to, we need to go find a weapon more powerful enough to destroy. Like y'all really fucked up Earth, so it's just we got to head to the center of the galaxy. There are five stones there that we can use to then snap our way out of this snafu that Mikey has created. Yep, and so uh, <laughs> and they're like, we, us, and Amy, because she's an Earth astronaut, we can fly this ship. Pretty, it's a big ship because it's merged with Tristam, who's now made it double the size, and he's half of it. <laughs> he's a transformer, so he has absorbed one of these Illuminati subs, I guess. No, 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 they're chasing them. That's what oh, the okay. About. I just this is a long setup. Anyway, um, they're like, look, guys, we're taking Dave because he's a free supply of meat over and over again. He could feed us oh. on the journey. Uh, I mean, if you're into cannibalism, Dave is your best road trip buddy. Is it wrong though if he regenerates the limbs? It's a, it's a. It's I mean, it's nice because he's he's not a jerky about it. <laughs> Road trip snacks. Oh wow! <laughs> so they're taking Dave, um, and they're gonna take Isaac because he's got super strength and he's a cannibal. And um, Tristan, of course, is now part of the spaceship. They need him for the warp drive to get to the, the thingy. And then uh, they're gonna take Kate because she's got psychic abilities. And they're like. That leaves evil Matthew uh, and Scott. We need you to destroy those subs so we can get away. And then, anyway, Kate, maybe we won't need you. You have to go too. So <laughs> that's quite a roller coaster of emotions for Kate. Kate, why don't you come with us? Because you're you're useful. Wait, you know what, Kate? Why don't you stay here to sacrifice yourself? Let's do that. Well, they know that they'll probably. Okay, so like, here's the plan. Kate comes up with the plan. She's like, "Look, I know. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna make a psychic bubble so we can breathe in space." And and then Danielle's like, you're such a brave person for doing this. The mean the moon, the the, the memory of the moon people travel with you or whatever. 
<laughs> and then like she touches her and fully repairs her psychic ability. Oh, because it was within her all along. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, who's the thing, the rock one from Fantastic Four. Right. He's like, we're, I'm going to we're going to ride you into the ships and blow them up. I'm sorry. Oh, they're going to ride Scott into the ships and blow uh-huh. them up. And evil Matthew's coming because no one likes him. <laughs> I like evil Matthew. He's like, I, like I like evil, evil Matthew. He's like, he's like, I just want, I, I just feel like maybe my name is kind of like, I don't know. It's just a bad reputation. <laughs> so Kate shoots them through the subs. They blow up and they, they're like, what are we going to do? Kate? Where? And then the, the spaceship warp drives out. They distract the subs. Uh, and Kate's like, we're going to go to earth to uh, fight or whatever. And do our best. And so they head towards Earth in the psychic bubble. And that's the end of the episode. Did evil Matthew, Kate, and Scott just sacrifice themselves for the good of our hero group? Is Eddie a real Mikey, which means Sasha's fully going to get pregnant because he doesn't wear protection? (laughs) Does evil Matthew ever learn how to rebrand himself? Find out next week on another episode of uh, The The Patrionicals. That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd. Keep it ooky spooky. Yeah. Have a great week. Bye, goat nerds. Ding, 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 ding. Dunch, dunch. Pistol whip. Give your face a slap. Slap with a gun. Pistol whip. When the police come around, pistol whip it. You will never live it down. Pistol whip it. If someone gets away, pistol whip them. (laughs) (laughs) No matter what they say, pistol whip them. (laughs) With a face. With a face. Is that funny?